The hits literally keep on coming. From one boxing event to the next, they grow in excitement and anticipation. And this weekend is no different with two of the sport's most respected fighters stepping into the ring Sunday night. There's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering all new users a shot at turning $1 into 55 dollars To celebrate this weekend's huge event, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering new users the opportunity to get 55 to 1 odds on either main event fighter to win this weekend's fight. That's bet $1, and if the fighter of your choice wins, you cash $55. Plus, with basketball and hockey, playoffs are right around the corner. DraftKings Sportsbook has even more ways for you to make it rain. DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, secure, and reliable, meaning you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DNVR when you sign up. DNBR. For a limited time, all new users can bet $1 to win $55 on this weekend's main event. That's right, DraftKings Sportsbook is going all out for new users by offering them the chance to win, did I say $55 when placing a bet of $1 on this weekend's big fight only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gotta be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Oh! Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the That's Good Broncos podcast. I'm Brendan Pernier with Will Keys, and today we're going to jerk off about the draft. The NFL draft. Uh, Broncos, they did a draft. They get a draft grade of a B because, as I mentioned in today's episode, that's the only appropriate draft grade to give any team. B. Uh, so we'll go through the Broncos draft. We got a little more Aaron Rodgers news, and that's going to be relevant to the Broncos until he is either retired, dead, or confirms he's going back to the Packers. Because if he doesn't go back to the Packers, he's coming to the Broncos. Today's episode, though, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Use code DNVR when you sign up to take advantage of their can't-miss offers. And the bench warmer brew shirts are live in the store. We've got two color options. It's pre-order only right now. So you got about a week to put in your order and then we'll make them, which takes another two weeks and then we'll ship them. So it's going to take a minute to get the shirts right now because this is the first time we've done shirts uh, through my coffee company. So we got to get all, make sure everything's right, but uh, they are there now. Um, okay, so a lot has happened since we podcasted last, Will. The Broncos did their draft. Mystery is gone. They pass on Justin Fields. That's the big story. Other than that, everybody agrees they had a pretty solid draft, I think. I think the AFC West in general had some pretty solid drafts. But before we get into that... What is the newest Aaron Rodgers news? So a couple items in terms of Aaron Rodgers news. There's a clip that came out of the Rich Eisen show this morning saying 
I'll back up and start with on day three of the draft, Rich Eisen was talking on NFL Network, and he was bringing up a point. Why would Aaron Rodgers want to go to a division with Patrick Mahomes? Because he's not a coward, Rich. It's loser talk. He's not Tom Brady. He's not a coward. He doesn't care who's in his divisions. Damn right. It just so happened that, you know, uh, Mitch Trubisky and Kirk Cousins and Matthew Stafford were in his division. But if Aaron Rodgers had not been there, who knows? Maybe Matt Stafford turns into Patrick Mahomes. I have no way of knowing. Yeah. Can you, could you imagine being like an NFL quarterback and being good and not wanting to play somewhere because another quarterback is also good? Like, that's like such a loser, like you yeah. just said, loser mentality that no real competitive athlete has. Like, they want to play against the best, unless you're LeBron James. <laughs> oh, yeah, wait, you're exactly right there. Yeah. He's in the West now and he's. So he's trying to kill that narrative, but yeah, but the or, East is the tough division now, right? On, oh, is it? Right I don't know anything about that. Yeah, he doesn't have to go through. Uh, he doesn't have to go through the Nets or the 76ers anymore. So That's no, true. you're you're completely right. I'm correct again. Anyway, Rich Eisen said this morning that he heard that all of a sudden, oh, who would have thunk it? Rogers doesn't care if Mahomes is in his division, and more than that he would love to send Mahomes to the wild card every single year. Boom. So that tells me that, A, Aaron Rodgers is an alpha. B, he's been thinking about coming to Denver. C, slightest possibility that Las Vegas could be in the running. I've taken uh, the third option and pushed it off to the, to the very nether regions of my mind. Um, but this tells me that, Aaron Rodgers, if he could flip a switch today, he would become a Bronco. It's just a matter of telling the Packers to fuck off and getting the Broncos to uh, send over an appropriate trade offer. Yeah, after June well, 2nd. that's probably the trickiest part of this entire deal um, because Aaron Rodgers does not have a no-trade clause. So the Packers don't have to abide by his wishes if they do a trade. So he could demand it and they could agree to yeah. trade him. And then they could trade him in theory somewhere he doesn't want to go. And I think it's just, it is an uphill battle to climb to convince a team to trade you that doesn't want to trade you and then convince them to send you somewhere you want to go. Uh, I mean, that's asking the Packers to do a lot, and I'm not saying it can't get done. It's just a weird situation, and it's happening more and more with quarterbacks. But that said, like if Green Bay is going to send him somewhere, better send him to an AFC team than NFC. Like, yeah, I totally. When do the Broncos do the Broncos play the Packers this year? No, they won't play him for another two years. Okay, yeah. So, you, you know, you don't have to really worry about seeing him in the regular season for another two years and unless the Broncos-Packers get that weird new 17-week schedule um, based on records or however the hell they do it. No idea how that works. Um, it's all just – yeah, it's all Chinese to me at this point. Um, I, I want to make another point, and it's that um, something that, that – 
something that Andrew Mason said, and I, I'm blanking on it right now, but he brought up a good point. Let me find it really quick because I don't want to, I don't want to misconstrue his words here. Don't butcher Andrew Mason is a genius. Butcher, I don't want to butcher uh, a coworker's words. Like Will okay, Keys so he's has saying, a good memory. Andrew Mason would make Will Keys look like yeah a uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of the best way. Uh, Andrew Mason's Henry. going to Harvard. Wills is at community college. That's the way I'll put yeah. it. So he said, if the Rogers situation comes down to him being traded to the Broncos or the Raiders, it's not a matter of whether George Payton can afford to part with the compensation it would take to get Rogers. It's whether he can afford not to. <laughs> Meaning you have to make that trade because if yeah. you don't make that trade and the Raiders get him, you're doubly fucked. Oh, yeah. You're all of a sudden – you're bringing a, a squirt gun into a, a four-way fight with Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and now Aaron Rodgers. Who's the yeah, best of them. I don't want to be in that division as a team. No, no. I would prefer to just move up north to the CFL. Yeah, we would have to uh, we would have to be Buffalo Bills fans full time if that happened, uh, and witness protection probably would re- require some sort of witness protection. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like you wouldn't want to be really a Chargers fan in that situation, but at least as a Chargers fan, you're like, well, I think there's some hope here with Justin Herbert. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you're like, well, with these you know, guys Rogers won't be here forever. Uh, yeah. Herbert <clears throat> could get hot. I mean. Yeah, Herbert would be third. It would go to me. It would go Rogers, Mahomes, oh, Herbert, Carr for sure. But like Carr's not bad. He's just, I mean, you could probably make a case for Carr over Herbert too. Yeah, if the if the Raiders have you know an offensive line to protect him. Um, but there's no bad quarterbacks in that division at that point. In fact, they're all like they might all be like top twelve. Yeah, that would be crazy. It would be must-watch must, it, must watch football every week. Yeah, and still the NFC East uh, will get 75% of the primetime games. It's just yeah. how it'll be. <laughs> just the way it works. Get used yeah, if to I were Rodgers, I, I, I don't know why – like, I don't know how any of these rumors are coming to surface. I don't know why he'd be interested in going to the Raiders other than they're in Las Vegas <laughs> – Like, they're not a well-run organization. Mark Davis is not a rich owner, so they always kind of have money issues. They just had an exodus of players who kind of didn't want to really be there. Gruden and Mayock have a bad track track record in both the draft and free agency. What is Aaron Rodgers' biggest complaint about the Packers? The thing I just said about the Raiders. Uh, Their defense was bad last year. Just wouldn't make... I don't know where the, what the appeal would be. Um, yeah. Than, so, like, we have Darren Waller and Henry Ruggs, right? Like, yeah, we had a guy with like 25 catches last year who he picked uh, first of all the wide receivers. Yeah. Yeah. So, the, the Packers pissed them off by taking Jordan Love in the first round. The Raiders would have pissed them off by taking like Davis Mills in the first round. That's the only difference. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so they would have taken a third rounder in the first round exactly. to replace him. So I, yeah, I, I'm just saying. 
So we'll wait quote and see. OJ I'm just saying. We're on Rogers. Ro- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're on Rogers Watch 2021. Uh, yes. I've tweeted two mornings in a row. Uh, good morning. Is Aaron Rodgers a Broncos QB yet? The amount of people telling me June 1st, June 2nd, June 3rd uh, is really funny. I know when the actual <laughs> trade might happen uh, and keep telling me those numbers. <laughs> yeah, I like the idea of it happening like while you're asleep too, like two in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it should happen. Did it? Yeah, that would be tight. All right. So speaking of quarterbacks, the Broncos pass on one at uh, pick number nine. I think we'll get, I'm going to try to get Adam rank on next week to talk about fields. Ooh. Maybe. I talked myself into fields completely when I thought the Broncos would have a chance to get him. Yeah. And I'm talking myself out. I'm talking out myself way out of fields. Yeah. I'm just, I don't think he's going to be good anymore. He throws with his arm. He struggled uh, way too much against Indiana and Northwestern. Let me start with this little tidbit. The Broncos selected their second safety of the draft, Jamar Johnson, in the fifth round. He's projected to go like rounds three to four. So everybody agreed this is really good value. He had four interceptions last year in a short in 2020. Two of them against Justin Fields. Wow. I mean, I know I wrote it in the episode, but what a good, like, public relations pick <laughs> by the Broncos. Because everybody's like, oh, Jamar Johnson. And then you watch his tape and you're like, oh, he totally tricked uh, Justin Fields, like, twice. It's like, oh, maybe – like, this guy's awesome. And also, Justin Fields, maybe not as good as we thought. Yeah, that, I mean, that's what we got to hope for now. <laughs> we got to yeah, hope – Yeah. Well, sorry, Justin, but we are going to be rooting for you to fail in Chicago so we feel better as Broncos fans. I mean, you hate to say it, but yes. Yep. I mean, I'm once, rooting yeah, for... once Aaron Rodgers gets here, I don't care how Justin Fields does. I'm oh, yeah. Rodgers gets here, Fields can be a pro bowler. I don't care. Yeah, he can do whatever he wants. Um, obviously, I don't think that's going to happen. So I think he has serious, deep, serious flaws to his game. He's an elbow thrower. I'll talk about him. I'll talk about it more later. But yeah, so we have all 10 of the picks that we're basically going to roll through. We could do this. Do you want to do this uh, in chronological order or do you want to do it like seventh to one going down? Seventh round to the first round. Um, so start with the most, with the later picks and then work down to certain. Yeah, no, I understand what you mean. Okay. Then we're going to start with Spencer and then we're going to. Yeah, tell me about uh, Marquise Spencer from Mississippi State. Okay. All right. This is a big – apparently, I got most of these little nuggets off of NFL.com and and Lance Irline, but – Is he a big dude? (laughs) He's a big dude. In fact, he might be too big. (laughs) If he gets any bigger, they're going to have to move his fat ass inside the defensive tackle. But we hope that he does keep some weight off because he's got some quick twitch and uh, bend. You know, when you hear about bend as a pass rusher, you think Von Miller. Um, so this is like if Von Miller was like 60 pounds heavier. 
Ooh, that is a big man. <laughs> he was like 300 pounds this year. Um, but hey, dude, it was COVID. So I think we've all got high hopes for Marquis Spencer. Um, and they drafted another pass rusher out of Ohio State after that. Uh, you know, it is ironic. They took two uh, Buckeyes. None of them were Justin Fields. <laughs> but they took Jonathan Cooper. Explains why they're at Ohio State Pro Day, maybe. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. Um, Justin Fields throwing to Jonathan Cooper. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Um, he was actually the last guy in Daniel Jeremiah's top 150 to come off the board. And that was round seven, pick 11. So that makes me feel good. Good value. Um, yeah. He led Ohio State. This is kind of crazy to me, but he led Ohio State with just three and a half sacks last year. Yeah, that's low. Yeah, and it was a shortened season, but I guess no one was really, uh, you know, maybe the teams were just getting rid of the ball quick. I don't know. And uh, finally, he wore number zero last season. And um, I think it's upsetting that with all the rule changes with numbers, you still can't wear zero in the NFL. When are we going to change that? Yeah, wouldn't it, they they retired, what, double zero a long time ago? Yeah, I think so. I think Jim Otto was the last player to wear double zeros. Hmm. But I think my point is bring it back. Um, yeah, it's cool. Right, so there's, yeah, I think it's, I think it's cool. I'd, I'd like a quarterback to wear zero. Yeah, a quarterback, nice. a quarterback wearing zero? That's great if you're good, if you're bad. <laughs> oh, yeah, then you, <laughs> you're leaving yourself open to uh, uh, a lot of shitty headlines. Yeah. Okay, so they took uh, two defensive players in the end of the draft, and with their first seventh-round pick, so we're going Quentin Tarantino style out of order, um, they got Kerry Vincent from LSU, who's a slot corner. And again, like all these round seven guys, Kerry uh, Vincent on NFL.com was projected to go in the fourth round. Yeah, so another great value really pick, huh? Yeah, they got a ton of really good value on defense. Um, so he's a slot guy, and according to uh, everybody, he's just like a really good athlete who needs to work on fundamentals, refine his skills a little bit, technique. So uh, I like that pick. He's yeah, like think... the 17th corner on the roster, but that's okay. Yeah, and you think like a guy who played corner at LSU uh... – like you got to be good to get that gig. Oh, you have to be good. <laughs> or else, like Jerry Judy's gonna be forty yards behind you. Yeah, and you like he already played against Judy, probably right, and played against other yeah. Bama players. I mean, so yeah, he's he probably Judy. a good guy to look at highlights of because he's gonna be covering some of the better receivers that were taken in the draft. Right. Uh, I have yeah, not gotten around to my Kerry Vincent highlight watching uh, session. And I never will. He has a uh, really cool, like, one-handed catch that you might come across later. Oh, sweet. Yeah. He's actually – his tape is pretty exciting for a seventh-round pick. Um, tape, like I said, I watched, like, all of his games, his highlights. Right. Yeah. The, the like, just the bombs highlights. All right. So, we talked about Jamar Johnson. Um, projected to go third or fourth round out of Indiana. Kind of lazy on the part of NFL.com. They compared him to John Johnson, 
Like, you Give see a safety looks like Jay Johnson. Okay. Yeah, it's like when, you know, Eric Decker gets compared to uh, – I was like, oh, who's who is he like? Uh, Ed McCaffrey? Oh, because they they're white and they weigh, you know. And they're more 87. 87. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wonder why, you know, you thought about that. It's like every black quarterback gets compared to another black quarterback. Right. And it's like, okay, I guess that's how we're going to do it. Um, so everybody really liked this pick. This is one of pro football Focus's favorite picks. And when the nerds think you're doing well, then, you know, that's, that's a good sign. Well, yeah, I'm uh, starting to realize too, though, like the, the, the big draft nerds, they like everybody. They like all. I don't think that's they, true. They like well. They like all of the. Uh, they like the deep, the deep guys. <laughs> the, yeah, you know what I mean. Um, based on the way they talk about some of these players, like they think he's a third or fourth round guy, but he's really is a seventh, and. Um, it's just they see all of the positives, and if to me it feels like they want some of these guys to be the gems or the diamonds in the rough that they spotted, and it, which is fine. Like I'm all about getting that, and when you see more people high on them, it, it's awesome. But the more I pay attention to people who really study football, I feel like late picks they love everyone. The problems they have are with guys taken earlier that they've spotted flaws with. That's just my sort of mostly, yeah. I mean, these away. the same nerds will tell you that the draft ends after the fourth round, <laughs> but there's always guys in the later rounds who they think should have gone in the first four rounds, and therefore they like. So I guess like the the um, the point is that there's only going to be like 150 good players, and like good is a stretch, but like 150 like use useful players in the draft or players that matter your chances of finding those impact players later are small um exactly i I stumbled upon (laughs) mile high reports uh 2017 oh wait draft grades it says it was updated damn it oh that's a that's a rough that's a rough draft yeah, it says it was updated though. So I don't know if they redid these grades. They must have updated January 8th, 2020, because I was going to say they were, <laughs> they were pretty damn spot on because they graded like Carlos Henderson, uh, F. Yeah. <laughs> Brendan Langley, F. Jake Butt, F. Isaiah McKenzie, F. I don't think Jake Butt was an F, whatever. Chad Kelly, WTF. I think these have been updated, so I can't confirm. Isaiah McKenzie that. definitely was not an F. They just the Broncos effed up. Broncos not giving him time. Uh, uh, anyway, we are. What are we at? Pick. So I, I skipped Seth Williams out of Auburn. Oh, you so they took another wide receiver. Yeah. yeah no, now, Seth Williams, he has this nice clip on YouTube or uh, Twitter, wherever you want to fucking watch it, of uh, somebody talking just relentless trash to him, like like a solid 40 seconds of trash talk. Yeah. And then he just goes and catches a touchdown over him. 
Yeah, and, he uh, just burns it, the hell out of him. Burns him, catches play. a touchdown, contested, and then just throws it back in his face. It's awesome. Uh, I think it's I think Seth Williams, the same guy. There was like a highlight reel of his catches, and he has some really impressive catches at Auburn. And what I liked about him is they were like there was a bunch where he was covered and he's catching the ball so like when you watch guys at like lsu and alabama they're wide open a lot of the times um just because they're so fast or so good they just have better athletic skills than people and i like to see guys who are already used to catching in traffic or highly contested balls because i think that translates to the nfl really well so if i'm gonna pick a late guy i kind of like the way this guy plays probably similar to tim patrick you know where that's uh, that's interesting that you said that because taking a wide receiver at all in the draft kind of told me that maybe they're going to use tim patrick as like trade bait for something maybe yeah I mean, that would make sense, right, if you're the Packers. Like, you want a couple of players back, too. Tim Patrick's yeah. pretty appealing, <clears throat> I think. Or anyone, KJ Hamlin. I don't know. Um, either way, like, at the very least, he can contend with Tyree Cleveland right. at the end of the depth chart. Yeah, um, why does he good to have depth. Yeah, Seth Williams has an uphill battle for training camp preseason to just to make the roster probably yeah, a but, practice uh, squad guy seems like a very competitive dude from uh what mississippi state cornerback martin emerson found out <laughs> yeah will's don't note don't fuck with Seth. the fuck out of that guy from miss, <laughs> miss <Yeah. State. laughs> yeah go ahead, now, martin before emerson. We get to the next broncos draft pick the hits literally keep coming, Will. From one boxing event to the next, they grow in excitement and anticipation, and this weekend is no different with two of the sport's most respected fighters stepping into the ring Sunday night. There's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering all new users a shot at turning $1 into $55. To celebrate this weekend's huge event, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering new users the opportunity to get 55 to 1 odds on either main event fighter to win this weekend's fight. That's bet $1, and if the fighter of your choice wins, you cash $55. Plus, with basketball and hockey playoffs right around the corner, DraftKings Sportsbook has even more ways for you to make it rain. DraftKings Sportsbook, safe, secure, reliable, meaning you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So download the top-rated Sportsbook app now. Use code DNVR when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can bet $1 to win $55. On this weekend's main event, that's right, DraftKings Sportsbook is going all out for new users by offering them the chance to win $55 replacing a bet of $1 on this weekend's big fight. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for detail. Gambling problem call. 1-800-522-4700. I'm a little winded. I uh, did a hard ride on my Nordatrack bike before we podcasted oh 
Stage three of one of the toughest stages of the Tour de France from 2018. So, with or without um, testicles? I get. I mean, I still have mine. I used oh, okay. them. I think I okay. sat on them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, those How guys have to have the most fucked up balls of all time. How hard are you supposed to sit on your balls to be a good bike rider? <laughs> uh they should really like build I, maybe they already do but like they should be flat ball cutouts in bike seats don't you think yeah i don't know but i guess not everybody's not everybody's like got the same balls so yeah probably difficult but it feels like someone could make a million dollars doing that um <clears throat> while you're talking about draft games i found uh, a tweet from the DraftKings Sportsbook via our friends of the game day. They have odds on what team Aaron Rodgers will play for in the 2021-22 season. Packers are first, minus 150. That's fair enough. Broncos, second, plus 200. Tight. Then you got the Raiders, plus 600, and it keeps getting smaller. Saints, Panthers, Dolphins, Washington, 49ers, Seahawks, Browns, Texans, Patriots. Yeah. I mean, here's what's here's what makes yeah. the trade really weird, right? Like, you don't draft Jordan Love as the Packers if you don't really like him. So a team maybe that has a young quarterback that you could offer in a trade piece, so like the Patriots. Like, would the Packers be interested in Mac Jones? Would the Packers be interested in Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance that the 49ers have? If there's a quarterback that they really like on one of those teams, then maybe that's a trade piece. Um, I don't know. Like, obviously, the we Packers don't know because we've never it. seen Jordan Love throw a pass. Right. Um, but like, if you're going to draft outside Jordan. Of, outside of Utah. Yeah. If you're going to draft Jordan Love in the first round and you're going to trade up to do it, you better fucking love the guy. You better love him. Uh, it, it, the weird thing is the Broncos be Jordan did this. Yeah. The Broncos did this same thing with Tommy Maddox way back in the day. Like, almost in the same spot. I think they picked Maddox at 25. Um, in the early 90s, LA's on the roster. They blow a first-round pick on... Tommy Maddox uh, did not sit well with Elway, but at that time players didn't have any power. So there was nothing he can do about it. Um, so if Rogers comes to Denver because the Packers did the same thing, the Broncos did when they thought Elway was maybe on the decline and Rogers has, you know, five more good years of football left in, in him. Mm, that would be poetic. That would be poetic Quite. to me. Yeah. I like poetry. So you always want to choose the, the player over the over the executive yeah i think if you follow the rockies yeah you're aware of that by now yep yep and uh yes yeah that's, that's what you're gonna want to do all right back to the draft we've got five more picks tight with her a little quicker so we got the first safety they took was caden stearns out of texas with the eighth pick in the fifth round so he's a big high school recruit in Texas, which is impressive because it's Texas, and they really do high school football good there. 
Um, four picks as a freshman, I thought was pretty, uh, you know, that's pretty impressive. Crazy pro day numbers, which kind of just like, you know, it seems like that's the thread running through all these defensive players. They're crazy athletes. They're going to hand them over to Vic Fangio and be like, teach them how teach to play defense. Ways. Teach them your ways. Magic. These are already crazy athletes. Um, he did have a problem missing tackles, but he's gotten better a little bit. That's very, um, very big no-no for Fangio. Very big no-no. You got to tackle. You got to tackle. Got to tackle, tackle uh, guys. But these guys like Jamar Johnson and Caden Stearns, are not necessarily going to be on the field right away. You know, it's like, yeah, in 2016, you draft Justin Simmons and Will Parks and you already have TJ Ward and Darian Stewart. So you just kind of let these guys get better. Right. And I mean, you're basically looking at your Kareem Jackson replacement with one of these guys. And I think uh, Brett Coleman was really excited about the Jamar Johnson pick. Like he really likes Jamar Johnson and was saying like, I wouldn't be surprised if this is the guy that replaces Kareem Jackson in Denver. uh, And he's not going to, you know, after like a year with the team, like he's not going to miss a beat stepping in that role, you know, from Coleman. And like, I like Coleman. I like the way he does his, his film study and his videos. So uh, yeah, those are back-to-back picks. I don't know who's better, but I know the value for Johnson people are really excited about. And Stearns did have some knocks on tackling from what I remember seeing on like draft day and watching, you know, the NFL network certainly was not watching ESPN with uh, Booger McFarland and Mike Greenberg (laughs) on the calls. (laughs) Mike Greenberg, when Mike Gullett goes up to make the pick, it's just, it's just kind of sad. Yeah, no, and it's like NFL Network does this great job, I think. And Daniel Jeremiah is like one of the smartest, like yeah. just best people out there in TV. And you got Rich Eisen, who like Rich Eisen could be doing anything like outside of sports too. Yeah, and he has class act like, all around. Yeah, class act. Please come on our show. Um, and ESPN tosses out Greenberg and Booger. Yeah. What the fuck are you guys doing? Um, yeah, they're going south quickly. And like Dan, just more Dan Orlovsky. Every time I turn on that channel, Dan Orlovsky is doing something. Yeah, it's an odd choice to uh, put your put your, put your eggs in the Orlovsky basket. Yeah. In terms of time, it's like Stephen A. Smith is first. And then I think it's Orlovsky coming in second. Yeah. Like, I think they might have Orlovsky on like basketball coverage pretty soon. Um, all right. So another athletic defensive pick was Baron Browning. He's the last pick um, on day two. Super athletic, like I said, can play on the edge. So they might play him on the edge. And, uh, but Ohio State used him kind of like off the ball. And you play nickel packages too. So, yeah, this was mega athlete to figure out, figure out what we're going to do with them. This was to me like, because uh, I thought if the Broncos traded back in the first, they might target a guy like Zaven Collins, who's similar in Baron uh, Browning's like this big dude who plays 
on the edge sometimes, but plays uh, linebacker, like actual linebacker as well, and is in coverage. So to me, I thought that was kind of like the comp in this draft. Um, my only beef with this pick was the Broncos traded back in the third round in this with the Saints, and this was literally the last pick of the third round, which means yes. – I had to stay up for the entire third round. Like I didn't do a video that night, but like I was writing, you were on the script. I wanted to go to bed. My wife was in bed and I was like, I gotta, I'm already this far in. I gotta watch the very last fucking pick of this second four hour marathon. Um, other than that, uh, seems, seems all right. I had the same exact complaint. I was watching the draft. I had to leave, but I was watching the draft with my dad. Like the day we were actually like able to watch with each other. Uh, and like, okay, the pick's coming up, pick's coming up. And they just keep trading back and then trading yeah. back. It's like, all right, well, I have to leave now. Um, so he better be good. He better be worth the wait is all I'm saying. Okay, so the only offensive lineman they took was another guy everybody loves. Quinn Miners, star of the draft, almost center. Yeah, uh, I think he's the second highest D three player ever picked. Wow! Don't quote me on that, but like <laughs> I think Ali Marpet is the first one, and the the Bucks oh. took him a long time ago. Yeah, so and he he's worked out, out of, for Tampa. Yeah, yeah. Quinn Miners comes out of Wisconsin Whitewater, which you never heard of that school, but you know, just like the rest of us. Uh, yeah, when Zach all... Stevens uh, tweeted it, I literally thought it said White Walkers. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, oh, shit, this guy, they can't get any better for this guy. This yeah, big belly beast, also a White Walker. I was like, I'm going to have so many jokes for it. And then I read it with uh, my working brain. I was like, oh, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty cool like name regardless. Wisconsin Whitewater. Yeah, I'm sure. It's not that exciting of a school. Um, they expect him to play center. So, like, I thought this yeah. was interesting because people think he's going to play really early, but there's not any, like, big gaping void in the interior offensive line. Like, you got Reisner at, at left guard. Center, you got Cushenberry, who I think got a lot better as the year went along. Yeah, it um, took a while for cushion it takes a while but if you if you watch like those later games he starts opening he starts opening up holes in the run game and doesn't get killed in pass protection and then you got graham glasgow who i thought played perfectly fine last year um but you got a guy like natane mute who's strong as hell and can just destroy guys in the run game and you got miners who's gonna get on the field sooner or later so i don't know what does this mean is are they gonna eventually kick out reisner to play right tackle or uh does glasgow leave or yeah it seems like they're looking over at center they're looking for after glass looking for the time in life without glasgow like i don't think he'll be back it was was, was he on a two-year deal or a three-year deal let's check i feel like it was a two it um, sounds like a two-year kind of deal and yeah, Natane Muti, 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 Muti. Uh, he was like the guy people were stoked about last year, right? Like this raw, 
brawler on the interior of the line that needs a little time to, you know, develop into a, a polished uh, NFL offensive lineman. And it feels like Quinn Miners might be similar, but I think like if you want to get excited, it's like these two nasty interior linemen uh, that are going to just dominate the line of scrimmage for you. And that's kind of what you want on your interior. And then, yeah, what do you like, you still have to figure out right tackle at some point. So maybe it's kicking Reisner out to, to tackle and Reisner did not play as well last year as he did as a rookie, but then it's like, maybe you find a right tackle in next year's draft or you figure right tackle out again through free agency. I don't know. Uh, I know mile high Mario, uh, he likes Calvin Anderson to come in and eventually win that job. So yeah, I thought Anderson played well uh, against Carolina when he did get to start. Yeah, so maybe it's him. I mean, one area I trust is Mike Munchak uh, and them spotting talent and him developing it. So the line, I feel like, has gotten better since he, he got here, and I think the more time he's with the Broncos, like, I'm not going to – we won't be worrying about it again, I yeah. feel like. You know what? This is good either way because players get injured. Yeah. And when they get injured, <clears throat> you want good guys to step in and you want a guy like Quinn Miners who can basically play anywhere. Yeah. At guard or center. So I'm sure he will play. Like he'll he'll find season. a way to get on the field. Yeah. Maybe we'll just create a six man offensive line. Um, that's what we'll do. That's peak efficiency <laughs> in football. So Graham Glasgow is on a four-year deal. Oh, four-year. But he there's an out after this season. Yeah. But, then again, he plays well, so they'll probably find room for him. Yeah, I like Glasgow. I'm not trying to get rid of him. No, we want you, Graham. Okay, this is an exciting pick for me at the top of round two. Fudge, yeah. The Broncos trade up for Javante Williams, running back. Out of North Carolina, a lot of people thought he was the best running back in the class over Najee Harris and Travis Etienne, who got picked in the first round. Uh, you don't get the people making fun of you for drafting a running back in the first round, even though you do get first-round talent, which is really, really nice. Uh, even though they traded up to get him, that's fine because they recouped at the end of the third round. Another, another nice part about this is – I think what you tweeted was was spot on, which was he was the leader in broken tackles, and that's but, definitely a stat that projects from college to the NFL. Yeah. And he only had 366 carries in college. Najee Harris and Travis Etienne got a ton of carries, but Javante Williams wasn't there for that long, and he was splitting carries with Michael Carter, one of, one of the two Michael Carters in New York. <laughs> Uh, so he doesn't have a lot of tread on the tires, literally just turned 21. I think this past weekend, um, isn't going to have to carry the load either this year. Cause you got Melvin Gordon, you have Mike Boone. So I, yeah, I'm really a fan of this pick. I think it just, again, like Aaron Rodgers has every weapon at his disposal. Yeah. Like you lose Philip Lindsay and you get probably better at running back. You got your your second your second running back on the team named Williams. Rodgers just had that, so it's an easy transition for Aaron Rodgers to mm -hmm. have his, the second. This RB two is Williams. 
not only like does he break tackles, he breaks tackles violently. Like yeah, he lowers his shoulder and like he seeks contact. Uh, and the bringing up his, you know, lack of carries is nice because, you know, a knock on Royce Freeman was that he had a shit ton of carries at Oregon. It's kind of a knock. It was a knock on like um, was it Monty Ball had a ton of carries at Wisconsin yeah. or like just Wisconsin running backs in general. Mm-hmm. So a little bit different approach. And I like Javante Williams because I got lucky in my uh, pro or when we were writing the biggest, was it? Yeah. Pros and cons of like the top players in the draft. Yeah. Basically said uh, he might actually be the best running back in the draft. I don't know where I got that from. Uh, I think I wrote that. Did you? Yeah. I think I said it. Because I probably heard it from someone else. Yeah, I think I, I read know. it somewhere. But either yeah. way, it it makes us look smart when the Broncos take a guy you, you're high on. But mostly, like, I just wanted to talk about the running back that was kind of in the top that wasn't, you know, uh, Harris or ETN because, like, everybody's already talking about him. I was like, oh, this is an interesting dude. And then you see him like, fuck, yeah, he, he's got a style that should get people excited. Um, and he was a part – he had, like, 250-something yards in the game where North Carolina ran for 500 yards against Miami. That's absurd. Yeah. They just ran the ball down their throat. Obviously, there's that one highlight against Miami where he puts one of their defenders in the dirt. Yeah. Um, he can also catch the ball, which is not something you see a lot out of, like, really powerful running backs. But if you watch um, – the way I like figured out who Javante Williams was, was I was watching Sam Howell, who's their quarterback. He's going to be a first rounder next year. Might be the top pick. And a lot of plays, it's like broken plays where he scrambles and then Javante Williams gets open and runs for a huge game. So he's got, got good enough hands. Um, I like the idea of having, you know, two running backs who can catch the ball in, in Gordon and Williams. Yeah. So I think we're all excited about this one. Yeah, which, uh, you know, guys who can hit like that, usually they're all right in pass uh, protection. And that was probably like the, like, if you want to pick out the one real reason Philip Lindsay, not a Bronco, is that's just wasn't a strength of his. He's uh, a runner. That was it. Yeah, because he's, I mean, he's just not built to be like good in pass protection. <laughs> um, like, you can be a, a smaller running back and be all right in pass pro, but usually those are like the small, super stout running backs, like Maurice Jones drew. Um, and that just wasn't Lindsay. Uh, do, did you see Lindsay's tweet after the Broncos picked Javante Williams? Yeah, I saw the eyes. The, uh, it was laughing emojis. emojis, two laughing. Oh, emojis. it was laughing emojis. Never mind. Yeah. Like yeah. I wish nothing but the best for Phil. Like I hope he has a great <laughs> fucking season in Houston because if he goes to Houston and plays really well, there's going to be a lot of teams like, Oh shit, he did that in Houston. Let's, let's give him, you know, he's on a one-year deal there. Um, yeah. But true. Uh, I hope he, uh, I hope he does well. I'm going to bet on Javante Williams being better at this point. I'm gonna, I know that's a uh, dicey thing to say right. here in Colorado, but I like yeah. the way this guy runs. All right, to the final, the first final pick. Yeah, so we already talked about this a ton, but they did not select Justin Fields with the ninth overall pick. 
nor did they uh, select any other quarterback. They took Patrick Sertan, and we found out that it is pronounced Sertan instead of Sertain. Okay. So it's Sertan. Um, I mean, what what do you have to say, really, other than his father is also Patrick Sertan, who's an all-pro quarterback in Miami and Kansas City. He's got one of the best nicknames, too, PS2. Yeah, PS2, even though I was all – well, I – I had PS1. I was an Xbox guy. So I, well, yeah. another knock. I <laughs> Just like I would have rather, rather had Justin Fields, I'd rather have an Xbox. Uh, I, can't they, I can't believe they passed on uh, the other cornerback, Xavier Boxworthy, <laughs> otherwise known as Xbox, to get PS2. Fuck yeah. Only reason I became an hey. Xbox guy is because I won one in a raffle. <laughs> Wait, maybe they should get Sony Michelle and get Ooh. PS2 and Sony. Oh, Sony Michelle and PS2 on the same fucking team. Love it. I mean, if only uh, Sony Michelle is good. <laughs> I, I think at some point in Patrick Sertan's family, they started pronouncing their own last name incorrectly. Yeah. Uh, yeah otherwise, like, why is the I there? Why is the I there? Love, love that the Broncos got Patrick Sertan. Um, I thought. This I thought this would be the pick at nine, although like the day before the draft, we started to hear a lot of like uh, Rashawn Slater talk, like they're, they're going to go tackle at nine. Um, at least I did on Twitter. So uh, a bunch of people tweeting like they like Rashawn Slater a lot. But the real surprise to me was that the Panthers took JC Horn ahead of yeah. Patrick Sertan. So as much as we're going to watch like Justin Fields in Chicago, I'm also going to be watching JC Horn with the Panthers because I think like I liked Horn. A lot of people thought the Chargers would be interested in him, but I think Sertan's a better corner. Uh, he's ready now. I think he's going to make a, more of an impact more quickly. And the crazy thing is he doesn't even have to start right away. Like, they can really ease him into the secondary unless of course their secondary gets riddled by injuries again. But uh, yeah, his dad was good. His dad was very good. Whose dad, dad was, was better though? Good. Was I feel like Asante Samuel was like the best corner or at least in his yeah. prime was the most impactful corner, right? He's a ball hawk. Yeah. He, yeah. he picked off a lot of passes. It's going to be hard for, so if like, Patrick Sutan isn't better than his dad. I guess that's kind of a disappointment. If right. Asante, Asante Samuel Jr., I don't know if he's expected necessarily to be better than his dad or as good. Yeah, I think uh, I think I saw Brett Coleman tweeting today that he thought Asante Samuel to the Chargers one of the best picks in the draft, that the scheme fit he likes, and he thinks he's going to be really good there, and I really hope. Brett Coleman's fucking wrong about that one. Yeah, he's wrong. I don't know. I'm not sure what their scheme is, but I disagree with him entirely. I know the, um, the, the Chargers scheme. It's underperform. Yeah, it's get hurt. It's get injured. <laughs> Trip on a blade of grass and miss six to eight weeks. That's their scheme is. That's the, Bo- um, that's the Bosa scheme. <laughs> yeah, that's the Bosa scheme. Be hurt for six weeks, but miss eight, eight games. Um, so we should talk about the whole field thing a little bit more in that. Like what George Payton said is that they liked fields, but they just liked Sertan a little bit more. That's that, it's just not true. 
it's not true because if you like them and it's even close, yeah, then you're ta- you're obviously taking the quarterback because yeah. they really really like Sertan. Obviously, <clears throat> uh, if it was in the ballpark, then you're obviously going to opt for the quarterback. I just don't think they like Fields at all, and they're not going to go out and say we didn't like Justin Fields because that's you know because they're classy. Bad. They're classy. They're classy. It's you don't trash a guy, you don't trash another man's uh, QB draft pick. But if you want to look at this on the bright side, there are a lot of teams that passed up on fields that probably could have used the quarterback. So you had Carolina who said, fuck it, we'll just go all in on Sam Darnold and picked up his fifth-year option when they very easily could have taken Justin Fields. Uh, to some extent, you had Miami, who took Tua last year, didn't play very well, um, but there's a good argument that he'll get better. They could have started over and said, all right, we'll just take Justin Fields. We'll do the old Josh Rosen, Kyler Murray thing. And then you have Detroit, who said, we would have, we might have taken a quarterback if there was one that was higher rated than Panay Subal. And they're on a timeline where they can take a quarterback this year or next year after they put some of the pieces there already. But I think there are a lot of teams that didn't just didn't like him, to be honest. The Giants yeah. could have taken him, even though they have Daniel Jones. But uh, it kind of says something when the Bears are the ones that trade up for him. Yeah, I heard Minnesota was going to take him if he made it to 14. Uh for your argument, you could have you could even say Atlanta. Like people thought yeah. Atlanta might be drafting a QB. Totally. Uh, to me, it says the Broncos. I think probably were really interested in Trey Lance. Um, yep. Because there was a ton of talk about the Broncos trading up with Atlanta if their quarterback was there, and I think that was probably real because for a while people thought the 49ers would take Mac Jones which would leave Trey Lance available at four. So I think had Trey Lance fallen, the Broncos would have taken him. And I think you're right. They just weren't high on fields. I still don't know if that's right. Like it's, it's just hard not to take a quarterback at that position when you still haven't figured it out yourself because um if you take Justin Fields and he doesn't work out, you're in the same position you're already in, but at least you gave yourself one more option to explore. And then again, maybe they're again, like it, Drew Lock could get better. Drew Lock could be a totally, I, I think there's middle a lot of road QB with the potential to be a top 10 guy in a very good year. Um, but you know, and it's, it's not, it's not a slight to Drew Locke. It's just a position where you're looking at, could you upgrade it? And I think there's enough evidence there to suggest that you could upgrade that with Justin Fields, even if there's flaws in this game, because there's flaws in every quarterback's game in this draft, even Trevor Lawrence. Like um, he played his best football really kind of a, a while ago. So um sure. you know that's just the qb position there's so many so many things that determine whether or not a quarterback's good 
but yeah, maybe there's just something they didn't like about Fields. I disagree with that. I'm going to move on though. I'm not going to like, this to me isn't going to be like, I mean, unless Fields is fucking awesome, then it's going to haunt me. Then it will haunt me. But even it's if he's like really pretty good with Chicago, great. like I'll let it go. You got to move it's on with also, your life. It's also really hard to be good in Chicago for <laughs> yeah. some reason. They <laughs> don't have a good history. That's just uh, the, it's called the Windy City. And if you know anything about That's quarterbacks, kind of part of it. they don't like throwing in the fucking wind. <laughs> Ask any quarterback what kind of weather they don't want to play in, and it is wind. <laughs> Why do you think Buffalo had to draft a guy with literally like the strongest arm in the last 25 years? And he is the only person that could succeed in Buffalo. Oh, yeah, because so it's windy as fuck, and they need a guy with a rocket arm. Yeah, Josh Allen's the only quarterback. Through that win. Josh Allen's the only quarterback who likes wind because it slows his ball down a little bit and makes it yeah. accurate. <laughs> the receivers are like, thank God. Thank God that gust of wind didn't overthrow this pass by 30 yards. Yeah, like they had to trade for Jay Cutler too because like oh he throws it so goddamn fast that yeah yeah the ball's gonna slow down a tick so Brandon Marshall can catch up to it. Yeah, it, if he succeeds in Chicago, then he will. We will know that uh, he was indeed the real deal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to transcend a lot of shit in Chicago. A lot of history, a lot of pressure. Um, Maybe not the best coach at this point. Not Madden. the best coach. Not a great offensive line. Their running game was not good. Their defense definitely took a step back. A lot of their impact players getting older on defense. I mean, I'll have to. We'll we'll talk to Adam Rank a little bit more about it next week. Hopefully, I got to reach out to him. But overall, I think not just Broncos fans, but the national sort of perspective is george payton had a very good draft as a first-time gm yeah they all they do all mention like hey this team needed a quarterback and they didn't take the quarterback who fell to them yeah so that's always going to be this draft is always going to be contingent on justin field's success even if every player on this list is good yeah i mean like unless like patrick sertan ends up being champ bailey and they draft the quarterback next year who's good then it won't matter if fields is good but yeah they um it would help their image if fields wasn't incredible not that we're not rooting for the guy just that um you know we're not rooting for the guy yeah we're we're hoping fields is bad so this pick looks good And then there's a whole college football season to be played, and we'll get a regular college football season. And I guarantee mm-hmm. you some quarterbacks that are already good are going to look even better. And yeah. Carson Strong out of Nevada. Ooh, that's a sick name. Strong name. Yeah. Strong name. Big arm. Big, tall guy. Can't really move. That's okay. Uh, oh, I, uh, I retweeted your uh, foolish baseball hero. He... Uh, he had a, a stat about uh, which oh, – I can't even remember which baseball player played without an ACL. Oh, yeah, it was Mickey Mantle. Yeah, Mickey I gonna, Mantle. I saw it and I was going to send it to you. I, for, I forgot that. Yeah, I RT'd that shit. The John Elway. Nice. How we end our podcast, <laughs> baby. So good night and good luck.
and Mickey Mantle and John L.A. played without an ACL. But yeah. The hits literally keep on coming. From one boxing event to the next, they grow in excitement and anticipation. And this weekend is no different with two of the sport's most respected fighters stepping into the ring Sunday night. There's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering all new users a shot at turning $1 into $55. To celebrate this weekend's huge event, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering new users the opportunity to get 55 to 1 odds on either main event fighter to win this weekend's fight. That's bet $1, and if the fighter of your choice wins, you cash $55. Plus, with basketball and hockey, playoffs are right around the corner. DraftKings Sportsbook has even more ways for you to make it rain. DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, secure, and reliable, meaning you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DNVR when you sign up. DNBR. For a limited time, all new users can bet $1 to win $55 on this weekend's main event. That's right, DraftKings Sportsbook is going all out for new users by offering them the chance to win, did I say $55 when placing a bet of $1 on this weekend's big fight only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gotta be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700.